Okay, hello and welcome to the Petty Prophet Podcast, where we discuss news, entertainment, and culture from a Christian worldview. My name is Joel Berry, and I am glad you are listening today. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad you're listening. And I just want to say I welcome your engagement and feedback. If you have any questions, if you have feedback on the show, if you are interested in becoming a guest on the show, you can reach me at contact at thepettyprofit.com, and I would love to hear from you. Well, today I just wanted to talk about uh, one little bit of news that came across uh, early this week, and that is the news about the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts here, I'm reading from a uh, Fox News report here, filed for Chapter 11 Bankruptcy Protection Early Tuesday after decades of sexual abuse claims within one of the country's largest youth organizations. The petition filed in Delaware Bankruptcy Court halts the hundreds of lawsuits the BSA is facing that allege sexual misconduct by people within the 110-year-old organization over the years. Sexual abuse settlements had reportedly strained the Boy Scouts' finances with states passing laws last year so victims from long ago can sue for damages. Um, And, you know, a sad story. Uh, The Boy Scouts has been on its way out for some time, and many might argue that it's been dead for quite a while. And uh, so I just wanted to talk about institutions in general, not just the Boy Scouts, but something that we see happen a lot with institutions that were founded as Christian slowly decaying over the years. There seems to be some sort of a a law of entropy when it comes to Christian institutions, a, a shelf life or something, where over time, things just go downhill, things just decay. And the Boy Scouts is uh, just the latest example of that, but there are many other examples. And so this podcast today comes from a piece I wrote this week for a website called Discern. Um, And it's spelled in a funny way. It's D-I-S-R-N, D-I-S-R-N.com, Discern. And it's it's a great website. If you've never checked out discern, I would highly recommend it. Uh, It is a news and opinion site that is run by Christians, and so they are gathering and aggregating the most important pieces of news uh, that Christians like myself are going to care about, and uh, they do an excellent job. So I I have a ton of respect for them, and I uh, highly recommend their site. It was a uh, privilege to be able to write uh, for them this week, and uh, that's what this podcast today is coming from this piece I wrote for Discern. So let's talk about it a little bit today. I grew up in the 90s, better known to us millennials as the good old days. (laughs) Our summers were spent riding bikes to each other's houses to play street hockey, Super Nintendo, good memories. One summer, several of my friends uh, put down the video games and joined the Boy Scouts. And they weren't as available to play as they used to. And so naturally, I went home and I asked my dad if I could join the Boy Scouts too. I think it was actually the Cub Scouts. I wasn't old enough to be in the Boy Scouts at that point. But to my surprise, when I asked my dad, he said, no, no, you're not allowed to join 
the Cub Scouts. And I was shocked. I, I, you know, I was shocked that he would say no to something like that. And it took me a while to coax a reason from him, but he eventually told me, my dad was a Boy Scout. I had no idea. And he told me stories of hazing, abuse, even drug dealing in the Boy Scouts that made me shudder. So I said, okay, (laughs) no Boy Scouts. I elected to instead take a fossil hunting class at uh, the local Arboretum, and it was a great experience. I still have great memories of that summer. Now today we watch the death of a once great organization as it reckons with decades of sexual abuse and a loss of identity. From the stories my dad told me, it seems as if the Boy Scouts, at least in some troops, I you know I don't want to overgeneralize, and I'm sure there are many Scouts who had positive experiences. But if we're judging by my dad's experience, you know the Boy Scouts of the '60s and '70s, it seems they lost their way many decades ago. If you ask most people today, you might have a hard time finding someone on the outside who has any clue what Boy Scouts of America is all about beyond, you know, selling caramel popcorn, wearing those quaint turn-of-the-century outfits, or uh, building random park benches everywhere. Sorry, if you're listening and you are a scout and you're offended, please know I'm speaking from ignorance here, uh, someone on the outside. But the current state of Boy Scouts of America is even more shocking when you consider where they began. The Boy Scouts go all the way back to the very early 20th century, and they were started in England by a man named Sir Robert Baden-Powell. And scouting, according to Powell, was, in his words, nothing less than applied Christianity. In the 1908 edition of Scouting for Boys, he wrote, We aim for the practice of Christianity in their everyday life and dealings, and not merely the profession of its theology on Sundays. There is a vast reserve of loyal patriotism and Christian spirit lying dormant in our nation today, mainly because it sees no direct opportunity for expressing itself. In this joyous brotherhood, there is vast opportunity open to all. It gives every man his chance of service for his fellow men and for God. The Boy Scouts began as an explicitly Christian organization for young men meant to instill competence, patriotism, and Christian virtue, but over time, it lost touch with its founding principles. The idea of being, quote-unquote, morally straight always remained as a part of the values of the Boy Scouts, but as the organization slowly left Christianity behind, it became untethered from any meaningful standard by which to determine what was straight and what was moral. And the Boy Scouts aren't alone. They are one of many cornerstone American institutions that have left their roots behind. For example, the YWCA began as the Young Women's Christian Association. It was founded to house single rural women looking for work in the city, and it provided Christian teaching and prayer and community. Their original motto came straight from the pages of Scripture, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. But if you look at their stated goals today, it sounds like it was written by a first-year gender studies student. Listen to this. Their current stated goals is as follows. Transforming power structures to create justice, gender equality, in a world without violence, leading to a sustainable YWCA movement inclusive of all. 
women. They also donate to Planned Parenthood. Another cornerstone institution, Harvard, the oldest institution of higher learning in the U.S., began as a Puritan seminary. Its mission statement was that its students be plainly instructed and consider well that the main end of your life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ. What's Harvard today? Today, it's a church of secular humanism and critical race theory for the elite. These are just a few examples. I mean, there are many more that share a similar story. You look at universities like Princeton and Yale, same thing. You look at church organizations that have fallen apart. You look at what's happening in the Catholic Church, the Southern Baptist Convention. You look at the the Sovereign Grace network of churches. There is this overall theme that you see of decay over time, slowly straying from their founding ideals. So I did some reading on some of these institutions, and you know, it's not hard. I I didn't do intensive study, but you can you can look up the history pages on Wikipedia and and do some digging and and you can see a general timeline of the leadership and each small change that came with each new leader. I found in, in all the ones that I I researched, there was never a single decisive point when they changed course in a drastic way. In each instance, it was a slow drift over centuries or decades made up of hundreds of tiny little decisions, hundreds of tiny compromises here and there. It almost seems like there is a natural law, you know, a law of thermodynamics, if you will, that governs human institutions. They all tend toward decay. Every time I see another Christian institution lose its way or a church network go down in the flames of corruption and scandal, I marvel that Christianity still stands today in spite of all the hypocrisy and human imperfection we see among our own kind all the time. G.K. Chesterton famously said, I do believe in Christianity, and my impression is that a system must be divine, which has survived so much insane mismanagement. (laughs) And that's kind of a comforting thought. Christ promised us that he would build his church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. As human institutions rise and fall under the weight of their own failures, God's invisible kingdom is continuing to grow. The good infection, as C.S. Lewis called it, continues to spread. Nothing, not even we, can stop it. The ideals, the values, the truths that the Boy Scouts were founded upon, they still exist. And even with the Boy Scouts gone, other men and women will rise up and take that baton in a different form under a different institution to pass on to the next generation. God will continue to build his church. And someday the kingdom will no longer be invisible, nor will it be attached to fallible human institutions. Someday the world will see our king face to face and he will rule forever. And I can't wait for that. Now, before I leave you, I am going to give you something I'm thankful for. And this week, I am thankful for Michael Bay. (laughs) Um, I want to tell you about a little Michael Bay gem, a movie that came out, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, 
called The Island. Uh, I'm not a big Michael Bay fan, except for this movie. I love this movie, The Island. It's starring Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. And I think it's one of those movies that, without the writers and directors intending it to be, ends up being one of the better pro-life films out there. And the premise of the film is that uh, rich people can, in the future, pay to have clones of themselves created. And then when they get sick, they can harvest organs and body parts from those clones. So the catch is those clones are living, breathing human beings. They keep them in a missile silo underground. And there are a lot of really good pro-life themes. And and it was really a, kind of a prophetic film when you think about it, especially when you look at what Planned Parenthood was caught doing, you know, a decade and a half later with their harvesting and selling of uh, baby body parts to researchers. But uh, there was a scene that I really loved in that film, and uh, there used to be clips of it on YouTube, and those clips have completely disappeared. I spent two hours today, and I was really stubborn about it. I was like, I'm going to find this clip if it's the last thing I do. I could not, for the life of me, find it anywhere. So you are going to have to find the movie and watch it for yourself. I would recommend it. It's called The Island. It's a Michael Bay film. Sometimes, every once in a while, Hollywood gets it right on accident. (laughs) So enjoy. We will see you later this week with another man hug. Talk to you later. Mm